Welcome to the Sega Lounge, where we celebrate our love for all things Sega, including the games, the music, and the community. I'm your host, KC. Join me as I talk to different guests and learn more about their projects and passion for Sega. Hello! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sega Lounge! Hello, everyone on Twitch. Hello, hello. hello everyone on Radio Sega. I uh, hope everyone is okay. Uh, you know, this is a test, so if things go wrong, you can blame me as you usually do. That's why. <laughs> no, just blame Lime. Just blame Lime. <laughs> well, when in doubt. Oh, okay. So, so then when it's not a test, then people can still, go back to blaming you. Still blame you, you yes. Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> Is there ever a scenario where fine, anyone blames me? Or? <laughs> nope, just blame, basically. Yeah. Just, okay. Yeah, just I'm used to it. I'm used to it. Love you, Lime. Really, seriously. Actually, oh, love, I... love you both. Love you both. Thank you very much for joining me. So let's get to our right. proper introductions, right? So my name's Casey. I'm usually the host of this thing called the Sega Lounge. But more often than not... I'm joined somehow or aided or influenced to do something somehow by uh, the man below me here. Uh, <laughs> is that the Brady Bunch? Is it, is it the Brady Bunch? Where do we go? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, <laughs> James Brown, a.k.a. Skill Jim. Hello. Hello, James. Hello, hello. Yeah, I don't know. So many times I'm on your show, Casey. It's yeah. like I'm a competition with her. <laughs> yeah. Like you, you, your prize, you must feature in at least 10 episodes of the Sega Lounge. <laughs> okay. Welcome, James. Yeah. Now let's introduce our good friend, Lime Reversed. Hello. Hello. By the way, big shout out to people on uh, on Twitch. Uh, Jamie, Resident SD. Uh, and I think in terms of commenters, that's about it. But if you're if you're around, let us know. Uh, give us a shout, and we'll we'll uh, also give you a shout back. We also have twenty at least on on radio on the radio Sega chat. So this is a, a dual stream of sorts. This is like a, an experiment. That's why things not always go well because I'm always testing stuff. Um, and this we're doing this on both Radio Sega Live and on Twitch as well on this new uh, channel, Twitch.tv/slash The Sega Lounge. Um, and if, if it works somehow, and if we can iron out the kinks, especially this echo in terms of the guests, we'll, we'll definitely do this more often. But if you're around here uh, live, let us know. We have uh, stuff that we're going to comment on, news. Um, I just realized, James, you have an awesome t-shirt. I just realized just now, <laughs> just now. Look at that. Yeah. For people Representing. only listening to the audio, you're missing out. <laughs> you're missing out. And I, I, hey, but my, mine's mine is ex exclusive. Yours yes. is the new one, it's is it? New oh, one, exclusive new version. One. Yes. So uh, thank you for for representing. Yeah, uh, the the Sega. I, know I should have worn the Sega shirt. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even. Oh, I forgot to bring water, but I have the mug. Anyway. Anyway. All right. Right. This counts. Yes, this counts. Sonic there we mug. go. Sonic mug. Yes. Uh, so we are going to comment on the news. We are going to comment on a specific topic as well regarding uh, games preservation, and that's why I brought you guys along for the the, the ride, James and Lime. Uh, we, you know, 
I've I've been having a lot of fun on our panel discussions. So I thought you guys would like to join. It's been us. awesome. Yeah, I it's think been very so. fun. I think so. So uh, we we're going to start with the news. We have a, a Google Doc. We are so organized this time. <laughs> <laughs> we have a Google Doc, and we have some news that we we should we we are going to start discussing. Um, by the way, just before that, if you're listening live, if you're just listening on Radio Sega, go to radiose.j slash discord. We're watching the chat as well. If you have something to add to the, the discussion, to the conversation, we'll uh, read your comment on air as well. Or if you prefer to watch, we're on twitch.tv slash the Sega Lounge and just, you know, use the, the chat on Twitch and we'll also, um, uh, you know, read your comments. Um, that where, means where line do has the to wear the next I, Sega sorry. Lounge logo shirt, says Resident SD. Yes. Sorry, uh, sorry, Lime. Where do the comments come from here? Uh, I see like uh, comments here, like in the same window as the, um, the thing you were using. You can see the comments. Oh, yeah. that's a, really? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, this is even more amazing than I knew. Okay. And I thought, like, where so do these, these are come Twitch from? Comments. Are those from Twitch? Yeah, Twitch, okay. Twitch comments. Yeah. So if you want to check Twitch out uh, Radio Sega, you have to you have to go to to the Discord. RadioSE.g slash Discord, by the way. That's where you can join us. And so with that out of the way, let's uh, look at some of the news that we're, we're going to be covering uh, briefly. Briefly. I usually say briefly, but we talk and talk and talk. So should we actually talk about the Sonic stuff? Is it is it worth uh, it? You can do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It'd be very brief. So, would you like to yeah. take the lead on this one, James? Since you were the one that yeah, suggested. Yeah. Okay. I, well, I, I put this down expecting you guys to have finished them completely. <laughs> so that's not on me. But um, I did try the Sonic Frontiers Birthday DLC a little bit. So I like what they've done. I like like the UI redesign. Although it's like really crazy. I don't know if you've seen it. Did you say you played a little bit of it, Casey? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Yeah, uh, like the, it's very bright and colourful. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's really cool. Or mm -hmm. you know, or how they've they've changed all the assets to like presents and um, and things like that. And then you've got the the challenge little things they've added, which so far, I mean, I've only done one map, but they've all kind of been the same. I don't know if you've tried any any of the challenges. Nope. Okay, so it's like it's a score based thing, but it seems to be exactly the same style for each individual one and there's like 10 per map i think and basically okay. just in, in the, within that little area you get a score ranked based oh. on I, I how tried you one. combine combinations and collect you know there's, there's like a, a combination thing at the top there that's like out of 256 or something and it's best i found to like destroy enemies that like racks mm -hmm. the points up the most um so i've been having a little fun with that just like an extra little bit of a sidetrack thing and then these new mu music icons you know, they added mm -hmm, the music. Mm -hmm. There's some more now, but for the most part, it just seems to be like area music. So there's no more, you know, no Sonic R music, unfortunately. Mm. <laughs> Which is a shame. We need more. And then there's Sonic supposed to be a new music. game plus, but I didn't see it on the main menu. So unless you have to actually click new game again, I'm not I sure. I think you have to uh, beat the, the last boss again. In order to Beat get the last the boss, oh, yeah. I was thinking. Yeah, I, think I, think so, so I think so. I haven't. I haven't uh, really. I 
remember now, I tried one of the challenges, I think. Um, grabbed a few more songs, I think, as well. Uh, you know, noticed the presence and stuff. Played around mm. with it for a few minutes, but not much more than that. Oh, and there's some new cocoa as well, like some big yes. cocoa that are like actually really tricky and hard to find, which I quite like, quite enjoyed. Mm -hmm. So if you liked collecting the, um, what were they called? You know, the little things that were all in the sky and like dead awkward to find. <laughs> it's kind of like that. Okay. The memory, memory tokens. tokens. Oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, and they're all dressed up in like, yeah, all fancy. Yeah, it's pretty stuff. cool. Yeah. Okay. They have a Quite tire. Like <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, it keeps playing Sonic, um, Happy Birthday. <laughs> yes. The Happy Birthday music. Yes, that's it. So it really is uh, a birthday DLC, right? Yeah. I mean, I've not seen anything like that probably since like Sonic Adventure 1, where you could like go and log on to your Dreamcast and download a, a Christmas DLC. Mm -hmm. They don't really do many themed DLCs these days, do they? When you think about it, like, can, yeah. you know, seasonal things. And really thinking about like supporting a game for so long, a Sonic game for so long with, I know it's yeah. not even been a year yet, but we usually get like patches, a couple of patches, if at all, and that's it. So like proper, I've, you know, DLC with extra content and whatnot, modes, game modes and characters. That's, I don't think I, I can remember any time they did that. Indeed not. And when they add new moves as well, like mm -hmm. now you can uh, unlock the spin dash. Like I don't think I've seen of Sonic DLC where they do a thing like that. Yeah. yeah. The most they've done is like Origins Plus and Mania Plus. So mm -hmm. in terms of DLC. But this is, I think this, this goes beyond that, I think. Mm. Yeah. yeah, indeed. It's kind of like an ongoing service, really, isn't it? I mean, they could continue to do it if they wanted to. Yeah. Um, mm. I don't know if there is any more plans for any more DLC after the the final one that they. And they, it, it actually goes with what we said last time we talked about Frontiers on the show, which is this is like the the foundation, or should be the foundation of what Sonic is in the next few years, right? So. Are they actually taking their time with this, figuring out what people like and improving the original game to actually then release a better sequel? Possibly. Yeah, it seems Me. like they do see value in playing around with new ideas mm -hmm. even now. I think, I think that is the idea that, yeah, you know, we don't want to wait until next game until we try these ideas out. Why not bring it out as a DLC on the current game? Uh, mm -hmm. See how it works, uh, see how people react. Yeah. So I think that they are listening to to the feedback mm -hmm. here um, mm -hmm. and we'll be using that for the next game, Yeah, which yeah. is very exciting. So that's Excellent. Yeah, we also had Origins Plus, but we neither of us has really played a lot of it. I played a little bit of, uh, I think, the four games with Amy, mm. just to okay. see how how she controls. I really enjoyed it, to be honest. But that's that's about it. Just like a, one mm. level of each game with Amy. That's what I what I did and really enjoyed it. 
But I played around the other day with the uh, plus, and I, I I was really looking forward to because um, I think if I'm not mistaken that in um, games like Sonic Two, for example, where you can use the drop dash, um, you kind of lost control a little bit mm-hmm. after having used um, drop dash. Um, that's a, that's a, that's a, at least what I can remember. But now they have added that back. So if you do the drop dash and if you jump, then you have more air control after that, which okay. is uh, awesome. So like to me, that addition of a move now feels more uh, connected with the game, which is uh, which is good. It's always good to get more control as well. Agreed. Uh, that's that's definitely a plus for me. And I played around a little bit with um, Amy as well, and I mean it was. It was fun. You can uh, say it's definitely I, 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 an Origins I, Plus for you. <laughs> sorry? Oh, yeah. did I say... No, no, never mind. I just said you can say it's uh, an Origins Plus for you. Oh, I, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I see, I see. Thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't really gotten used, gotten the hang of the Amy's version of the drop dash move. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks fun as well. So, yeah. yeah. I can see speedrunners having a lot of fun with Amy. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. You can take care of bosses so much more quickly with Amy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, My my excuse for like not playing the Origins Plus DLC yet is because there was like a tweet not too long ago from Pix and Love saying that they were doing a collector's edition. And I don't Mm. know what happened there. So I was kind of holding out buying the physical just in case that sort of resurfaced. But you know, I don't want to have to buy the game three times. <laughs> yeah, I've I've also been holding it, holding off, um, getting to the DLC because I am going to get to all of that, like both for the uh, Origins and Frontiers. But for Frontiers, like they keep adding new stuff, right? And I figured that, like, and for this last round, they added a new move, so I felt like maybe I'll just get back to try to hundred percent all of it when it's all done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I haven't I bought figured that uh, physically either. Yeah. Uh, mm. Also, as Jamie is pointing out on, on Twitch, the problem is that all the bonus content was a download code with the physical release. Mm. And uh, they, uh, they said that the, the emulation is a bit poor with the Game Gear games, especially in the sound department. I didn't, I think I tried Sonic Labyrinth, <laughs> which mm. is uh, okay. for me a terrible game, but I, I for just for, for laughs, I tried it a little bit. It seemed fine. I just thought of something because I've I've I've, I've been wondering why or oh why would they give the Game Gear version of Eight Bit um, Sonic the Hedgehog, Son- the Sonic the Hedgehog two? Like it's like this window is mm. narrower. You mm-hmm. can't really see as much as you can. And I, I was a little bit like, like, why would you call this the definitive way to play the games? But yeah. that's not the case. But now I figured that, but wait a minute, some of those 8-bit games are exclusive to the Game Gear. So they would either way have to deal with the Game Gear technology. And so maybe they went with that. That's probably I why. I never thought of that. possibly that. And it's also the fact that they've already done the Game Gears as, um, mm-hmm. I think it was, was it so- Sonic Mega Collection or something? Or, one, you know, one of the 
the previous titles or Sonic, Sonic, Sonic Gems Adventure Collection. DX as well on the GameCube. That that was yeah, it. Yeah. As well. That's right. Yeah. So they probably literally just drag and drop the file to me. Mm. And maybe because of, uh, like Resident <laughs> SD says, because for the American and Japanese companies behind the collection, the master system doesn't exist. <laughs> That's, yeah, it's, it's, it's more of a, a European thing, the master system. Yeah. But thinking about it, both of these topics, the Frontiers and the Origins Plus, it kind of does lead into what we're going to be talking about, the preservation yeah. thing, because yeah. Frontiers one, I didn't even think about until we just talked about the DLC and the ongoing sort of service type style that they're doing but that's not on the disc is it so in 40 years time if someone wants to play sonic frontiers <laughs> it, are they going to be able to play the birthday dlc or yeah. is that going to be lost yeah. to mm, yeah yeah that, that's the that's the issue with this with this topic yeah we'll, we'll get around mm. to, to talking about that so this also maybe leads into that uh, the other mm-hmm. bit of news that we're covering, I'm going to just share the the article here, oh, yeah. uh, which is a, an article on dual shockers. Uh, president says reboots. I, and when I saw this, I thought, what? Who, Biden? Uh, <laughs> president says reboots of classic so- Sega games could be coming, especially Sonic. Is Biden a, a Sonic fan? So, oh, yeah. President <laughs> Sonic Adventure like, Oh, my gosh. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so apparently... Um, the the president and chief operations officer of Sega said that uh, they should be or they are looking into rebooting some games and maybe re-releasing them, remaking them. So and there is a hint uh, at something Sonic related, right? Mm. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this, guys? Uh, Heroes was it? I read. Someone, so while someone took a still from that Sonic Central um, show, I think it was like T- Tails' YouTube or Tails Tube or something, and that was like what they were expecting, and then this sort of confirms perhaps that's the Sonic title that they're thinking of, like Heroes, potentially. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm. Maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is there a game you guys would like to, to see a, a remake of or something? Because they talk a lot about uh, Sonic Frontier, Sonic Superstars, as uh, the Sonic movie, the Sonic 2 movie as being very successful. So they're very happy with the direction Sonic is heading right now. Um, yeah. There's really it's always going to be an adventure for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've, yes. I think there have been lots of, lots of talks um, officially about at least the want of wanting to remake sonic adventure recently mm-hmm. yeah okay um so i i get i don't know like maybe that's something they could um go with um yeah. what I'm, I'm i'm sure about is like they're they're talking about reboots but haven't they like like sonic boom wouldn't you count that as a reboot like it wasn't connected to anything like it was its own thing more like a spin-off i think spin-off yeah yeah, yeah i guess there's a difference there yeah yeah you're right um i don't know i don't know what they i think it's mentioned in the article uh they mention um by the way you have some wonderful ads here some wonderful portuguese <laughs> ads uh on this browser window um so they mention uh, somebody amigo, 
someone asked about the the, the newest Samba de Vigo game, Party Central, which will release on, in August. Um, and so while the interviewer referred to Party Central as a reboot of the original Samba de Vigo, Sujino corrected him, saying, it's not a reboot in my mind, but a new game in the series. Okay. Uh, I'm not What's sure What's his timeline like in his head? <laughs> I don't know. Like how long How long does it have to be between releases for it to be considered a reboot or mm. the next game in the series? I think it's more of like what kind of, what the game does itself, right? Um, right. Yeah. So, so a reboot, is that like, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog when they rebranded it and, you know, it was Sonic 06. That was like a reboot. Could be possible. Whereas like Sonic Adventure 2 if that had been like 15 years later or Shenmue 3, mm-hmm. for example, isn't a reboot. It's just the next game in the series, maybe. even though it's, you know, it's been that that long apart yeah. from releases. Yeah, maybe. I get what you're saying. I was going to say, what what do you guys think would be a suitable reboot then based on that article? I mean, I, you know, reboot, I think is a strong word. I don't think yeah. Sonic needs a reboot. Uh, unless you count like scrapping the whole thing in terms of gameplay and just restart, start from scratch, like they are doing with Sonic Frontiers in a way, right? This They are laying the foundation for something new, for what we consider to be uh, Sonic, 3D Sonic from now. So I think that's enough, at least for me. Yeah. Don't need to do anything that like this, we don't need to re- reboot the story or anything. Um, so it's just in terms of gameplay or laying the foundation for the next few years of, of games. Um, I think, yeah, you bring up a good point there. Like, uh, reboot for what story gameplay, those could be rebooted separately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Um, I don't think a, a story reboot is needed. The, the basic premise of Sonic games is always the same, right? They're fighting... Yeah, it's a new story every time anyway that is not really connected with the last story. So yeah. it's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there wouldn't be much of a difference. They, they, so the, the, the article mentions that uh, Sugino talked about Sonic Superstars, right? Citing it as a return to 2D action. And although it is a new game, I would like to implement reboot-like measures as well. I don't know. I don't know what, what that means. means. I don't even know what this means. Yeah, either. I don't know what that means. <laughs> reboot-like measures. I suppose it depends what he's actually meaning by reboot. Is it like what we've just discussed, or you know, is it like the whole gameplay? Because the gameplay from the trailer looks like you'd expect a two D Sonic game to look. You know, mm-hmm. the the only difference is you can play it as like a party of four. Yeah. I know they've added some additional skills, you know, like that water thing and, and whatnot, but are those enough to be considered a reboot? Or is it just, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I have no idea. Depends what he means by that word. Yeah. I guess we'll have yeah. to, mm. to f- wait to find out, right? I mean, I if I were to try to think about what they mean, I guess you could count the like Sonic Frontiers as having reboot-like elements because they rethought the um, gameplay. So like, it's not like a full reboot because like it's it's still similar, but they are still like reboot-like elements because it's like still rethinking a lot of things. 
So I don't know, maybe it's that. Like maybe what they are referring to in superstars is the kind of power-ups that you get. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, that's the, that, oh, that's the only way I can make here. sense of it. Strength something here, but didn't work. So I, I can actually I add comments to, to the... To the to the screen here um but i i'm, I'm with you oh sorry I'm, i missed it no 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 it's okay i, I, I was trying to add jamie's but i, I need to uh, you know oh, yeah, yeah, work I on this first yeah, yeah. before i can do it so he said uh, i think frontiers could be the start of a soft reboot could be that it could be the return to 2d like what maybe it, it's what they think all 2d sonic games will be from now on yeah mm. okay yeah, so yeah, yeah. Forget Mania. That's like the end of a cycle. Forget classic Sonic in 3D games. So 2D Sonic is going to be this from now on. Maybe that's what they mean by reboot like measures. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. maybe we're just using the word reboot in a different way. Maybe what they mean is like persistent changes. Yeah. Basically. Maybe it's like more like uh, what Nintendo did with uh, the new Super Mario Brothers series, right? They released the new Super Mario Brothers games were like 2D. And then there were mm. other games in this series that were 3D. And uh, they released like a three or f two or three games perhaps um, on Wii, Wii U. We released one on Switch. So that's like the 2D side-scrolling game with multiplayer elements. And then the 3D games are like uh, Mario, what's it called? Odyssey, Super Mario Odyssey. <laughs> that's that's the one. Yeah. So probably what they mean by, by reboot, like 2D is now this, 3D is Frontiers, and we'll mm. take it from here, maybe. Mm. Yeah, it makes sense. I guess overall, it makes sense. overall, it's a, a bit of a strange headline for an article, isn't it? When you think about like Sonic games, to most people, they'll think, "Oh, what the on about reboot?" There's a Sonic game every year, mm -hmm. so it's not like a series that actually needs a reboot as such. Um, so yeah, it's probably just strange wording, maybe mm. um, lost in in translation, perhaps <laughs> could be. Maybe so, maybe so. Yeah. Uh, Hayato 3D says on, on, on uh, the Radio Sega Discord, says Sonic Adventure remake or reboot would be interesting, but would be curious what direction it would take. Not sure it needs to happen, but could open it up to more people, of course. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'd yeah. like to see a Sonic Adventure remake. I don't like. I don't know if they'd go for the original style of the, the graphics, but like better. Or would it be more like photorealistic? You imagine like Station Square being this like skyscraper, like the middle of Tokyo looking like proper, you know, glass and everything looks hyper-realistic. That could be pretty cool. <laughs> Amazing water mm. effects on chaos. Ooh. Yeah. Or imagine like Speed oh. Highway, if it was like hyper-realistic. The glass yeah. breaking when you're like uh, mm. down the, the so, slope. So say like... Building. Sonic, Sonic the movie, how it's like real life environment, but Sonic the character inside of it. Yeah. Maybe they could go for something like that for the remake. Could be, could be. <laughs> or, you know, like the introduction to Sonic Adventure, that is a bit more hyper-realistic, isn't it? Where chaos comes out the side of the building and the glass shatters everywhere and it's like... That's, that was epic. That's what I'm thinking. That was, that was yeah. so epic. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. yeah. Love that. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking they can definitely... I don't remember where I talked about this this before, but definitely merge Sonic Adventure with the Sonic Frontiers form 
Because in Sonic mm. Adventure, you did have this kind of like open world kind of thing, uh, like where you were not in an action stage. And so like maybe like the Sonic Frontiers part like could be merged with that kind of thinking. And so then you find stages through that and then do like a longer action stage like you do in Adventures. Okay, really cool. Like do, do you see what I mean? I definitely think you yeah. can merge the... Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. two in a good way. Definitely, when you, if you do a remake. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think you said that actually, Lime, because we were talking about how we'd like to see an open world Sonic Adventure three or whatever, you know. And then you're saying, well, mm. Sonic Frontiers, or, or no, I think you actually said like the first Sonic Adventure is kind of like Sonic Frontiers. You've got like this open world hub, and then you find the stages, and then you begin yeah, yeah. the stage. You know, it's it's kind of already there, isn't it? In, in yeah, form. indeed. I mean, yeah, they, they, they are similarities already, and I kind of get any feel the feeling that they are um, testing out that idea a little bit. It's just like it's they start with yeah, Sonic Frontiers just to probably you know, probably see the reactions and see if that's the way they sorry want to go. Yeah, definitely says the man with the Sonic mug. Okay, so that's it. So. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see what happens. I would love to see other, to be honest, more than Sega, I would love to see other Sega IPs being remade or re-released or rebooted. Uh, I think, you know... There are others as Sega IPs than Sonic? Yes, there are other Sega (laughs) IPs, Oh my gosh. (laughs) Sega is more than just Sonic, wouldn't you know? (laughs) I I guess... And then Matt said Shenmue again. (laughs) Yes, I'm I'm guessing. I I, I don't know if we need a a Shenmue remake, but I would definitely be up for it. Definitely. I'd be up for it. Yeah. Yeah, I think we need Shenmue 4 first. Oh yeah, I've 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 only seen playthroughs playthroughs of it, but it looks very fun, mm-hmm. um, and it definitely uh, looks and feels like a game that could benefit from um, a remaster at least. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, and um, so uh, J- Jamie was saying. Uh, could they do a full-on merge from the open zone into action stage to make it feel like one continuous world without a break from a loading zone? Yeah. Interesting. Could be. Could be. So, yeah, because if you think about Sonic Adventure 1, they kind of look like they're going to lead to the stage, but then obviously Sonic just runs into the wall and then the loading screen appears. So if they could do it like that, that would be pretty cool. So you'd open up the speed highway, you know, garage door or whatever and go into the thing and then... You're literally on the road instantly. That'd be pretty cool. Good idea. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Definitely. I mean, uh, when when it comes to doing that, um, like the technical part of it, of it, like the way they solved that experience, like getting a continuous experience and no loading screens, is like these, like what what do you call them, like crawl spaces, mm-hmm. yeah, like where you go into this like a little cramped space where you have to move slowly to give the next part time to load. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess like if they need to, they could actually, they, they could, be could add something well, like that. Technically though, on the PS5 has got like that sort of thing going on all the time, right? Because there was that example of Ratchet and Clank rift apart thing where they can go straight, you know, through the rifts and end up at a different part oh, right, of the stage. Right, 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 right. So I think that the way they, they, they marketed PS5 made me think that maybe those kinds of elements aren't really needed anymore because it's so fast already, so yeah. they don't need to Could add be. that. So Could that's be. definitely a possibility. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the technology is here, is available. Yeah. So yeah, we have the technology. Um, Hayato 3D says, let's get on, on Radio Sega, let's get a Burning Rangers remake going in regards to other Sega yeah. IPs, also Snatcher. Isn't Snatcher a Konami IP? I think it is. I believe right? so, yeah. It's like, uh, was a... Video Kojima, yeah, yeah. So probably <laughs> yeah. Konami, but yeah, yeah. I've well, I've Burning seen Rangers I've 20%. seen people actually ask for a Snatcher quite a bit, yeah. But Burning Rangers definitely definitely needs any any like Saturn game <laughs> needs a remake or a, a re-release somehow. Which, bit of a segue for you there, if you want. Which yes, which <laughs> <laughs> leads us into. Uh, something that I don't have ready for some reason because I forgot to add this URL here, but let's fix it very quickly. Okay, so apparently um, Sega Saturn is difficult to turn into a mini console, says Sega Boss. So this is more specific, Sega Boss, not President. So it's not Sleepy Joe like Resident SD is saying. Uh, this is Sega Boss. Um, so is this the... It's Sugino the, again. Oh, it does say the present again, actually. Yes, it's Sugino again. It's probably from the same interview. Probably, probably. It's the, the, the Famitsu interview that was mentioned in the other article. So, um, yeah. So, uh, he Is says... Is he surprised, by the way? He says it's surprisingly high performance, as though he's surprised. <laughs> Yeah, the Sega Center is surprisingly high performance, so the difficulty of miniaturization is also high. Um, I raged when I read that. I, you, like we, we, we had a discussion about about that before. I'm like, oh come on, come on! You make it sound like, gonna, yeah, our console is too good, too powerful to make a miniature version of it. I'm like, you, you, you do realize that the Nintendo Switch is out, loads more power and 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 even smaller. You could. Uh, like, oh, it, 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 if if only power was a problem here, that's not the issue. It's not the issue. Maybe like, it's more don't, powerful than don't the make Switch, it sound that's like why that. it was a surprise. It, it is more powerful than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, why it's so surprising, Lime. Yeah, so the, the problem is definitely the, the emulation as we previously discussed, right, guys? So it's, it's still yeah. a very hard system to emulate. Uh, even the best emulators... As I think it was you, James, that, that pointed out that it's not a hundred percent perfect, right? So yeah, it depends yeah, so, on the game. So say, mm, yeah. So say like Mega Drive, you know, these millions of emulators probably, and they're all of decent quality. You can chuck any ROM at it. You don't have to do anything specific. You can just put a load of game in it. It loads. But the Saturn, I imagine, is game dependent. So like. You've got to kind of emulate each game individually because of this is just how I feel when they were designing these games for the Saturn because it was such a complex console to develop for. They had to do like loads of little magic tricks, you know, maybe with the shaders or effects to try and create 3D graphics from 2D sprites or whatever they were trying to do. I think there was a, a, a great video on YouTube I watched of the, you know, the Sonic R rotating metallic head. How they right. managed to do that is insane mm. on the Saturn because the Saturn isn't capable of doing that as a, a graphic thing. It was like a, a trick that they managed to pull off. So I imagine these things like that, that an emulation, 
type of format is going to struggle to reproduce accurately. Mm -hmm. So I think you'll probably find like that's the kind of thing. So like see-through textures, you know, I'm thinking again, Sonic R, like the last stage of Sonic R where the whole, the floor is quite transparent. Those kind of, I could imagine them booting that up into a, an emulator and there being like some sort of graphical glitches because it can't process whatever tricks they were doing to create those effects. Yeah. Mm. And so even, and even if, if it's if, M2 if they've doing said that, this, it's, it's hard. Yes, Lime, sorry. If they've said that, I would definitely buy it. Like I could so see that it, it could be difficult to make a, um, a, a, an emulator uh, for like certain consoles. Uh, and if you could, it wouldn't be worth the money. Like that argument I would buy. Uh, for me, that reads differently. Um, I just, I just thought it was funny. Like it's, it's so high performance that we can't make an emulator out of it. Come on, come on. It's too powerful. And then they uh, compare it to to to, it, to, to, right the, to to the PlayStation and Nintendo sixty four, and I'm like, yeah, they are good em emulators out there for both those consoles. Yeah, I was. It's uh, right, though. Yeah, it, it, the phrasing is everything, right? So that's that's the problem, perhaps. <laughs> I think I can do this now. Let's see. There we go. So we have a hey, comment here. Oh, there we go. By Resident SD. They could make a 300-pound Saturn Mini, but not a sub-100-pound one. So that's also a problem, right? So maybe it's not the case that they couldn't do it. And especially if you put someone like M2 at the helm of this thing. They're so talented they would probably be able to, even if it's like a case-by-case case emulation of having everything set up in a case-by-case, in a game-by-game -game basis, but could it be sold as like a mini console? Because a 300-pound console or a $300 console is a Nintendo Switch, basically. It's, a, it's a, quite pricey. a current gen system. So you can't sell this at the price point of a current gen system or even the last I was thinking gen the, system. The Astro City Minis, how much were they? They were like maybe uh, close to 200, right? Yeah, close to 200. But that but, has got more of a tabletop format to it. Yeah, it's like a f the format, like the novelty of it as well, I think, is it, it you know, can be justified. I'd question how many games they'd do for it as well, if they ha they are working on them case-by-case -case basis. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the Mega Drive Mini 2 had like 50 games or something crazy, didn't it? So could you see them aiming that high for Saturn, or are they just going to get like the, the best 20 games or something, which may, on paper, sound a bit disappointing, only 20 games? So they've got a lot of hard work, which could be what's proving so mm -hmm. difficult. Yeah, I think I think twenty would be a, a decent number of games, depending mm. on the price point. I know that one thing is true, and for sure, if they sell it in Japan, oh yeah, people are going to go crazy, buy off the shelves. Oh, of course. Of course. And I, I think the thing with the Saturn is as well, it's so unique, and there's a lot of exclusive titles for the Saturn that are very hard for people to go out the way to play these days. Mm -hmm. You know, case in point, I've got this ready, but. Panzer Dragoon Saga, if they can actually put that on a mini console, that's going to sell. You know, I've seen a meme someone posted where they said, We're releasing Saturn Mini. It includes one game. <laughs> it's like, you know, Panzer Dragoon Saga, and yeah. people would still buy it if it just had one game on it and it was that game. Probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So we'll uh, see. We'll see what comes out of this, this 
uh, a whole issue with the Sega Mini. <laughs> yeah. One thought here, like I don't, I might not know like how an, an emulation works. So like I might sound like very dumb now, but um, as I've uh, as as I've thought of emulation is that like you find like a software way to emulate like the original hardware, and so then you like once you have the like a game file or for example like a ROM file or or whatever like you could just put it there and it's gonna work um, because it's emulating the the hardware and like it wouldn't be like a you, you wouldn't need to do like a new thing for each game because you already have the emulation of the hardware. So like, what, what, why are... Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Because it's very common, I right? Get, like I get what when you're they, saying. When they release old games, they they go like, oh yeah, here's the this thing and here's the this thing. Uh, but only these games, I'm like, why not just like make a, an emulator, release it, and then we have access to all of the games. Like, why do it on game basis in that case, uh, for, if that's what, for, an, first what, of what all an emulator money. is? First of all, money, of course. They, they won't mm. say, here, here's a machine that plays every ROM file that you can find on the internet. <laughs> Please, go crazy. They won't tell you that. They want to make money, <laughs> first of all. There but we yeah, go. But, uh, there we go. Yeah. But, but uh, I mean, they, they are selling these 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 things anyway right so like it did it, it, it would be the difference between like putting all the games on on the store and you can sell so much more as opposed to just a few games and only sell those like wouldn't that yeah. be worth the money let the extra effort to make like a whole full working emulation and not just a game by game basis yeah but the, what the i would love is a sega console like I'm saying, that is like a storefront and you can download, but they, 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 they keep adding, you know, nothing ever leaves, not like the Nintendo eShop where yeah. games disappear or, you know, things That's like that. That's what I'm but after. It, it starts off, yeah, that would be yeah, really cool. Yeah, You can do it legally and give Sega some money, right? That would be yeah. interesting. But I, I think we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit when we get into our main topic, mm -hmm. right? So, but uh, just, just uh, as a, an answer to Lime, in terms of emulation, I'm not an expert either, far from it. But uh, I think when you're trying to emulate uh, a console or an, an other system, you're trying to make your computer or your machine do the same things that that console would do in that situation. And that's, mm. I think, the problem because uh, programmers and, and game developers had to be very creative with the Saturn to make games work and do what they wanted to. And sometimes you'll probably get unexpected results uh, just by throwing a ROM into an emulator because you have to tweak yeah, things. You still have to do those specifically things. Specifically yeah, okay. for that game so they, that it works as it was intended by the devs. Not really a technical explanation, but the best that I can do. Yeah, and SD gives like a similar thing here that you know in 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 an idea in an ideal world that that's how emulation would work, but like you still need to do, like it, uh, as I understand it from what I'm reading here, like in some cases at, at least you need to have specific fixes, kind of. 
There we go. Did the PlayStation okay. Mini suffer from like a similar thing where they just chucked a load of games onto PlayStation emulator mm. and then when people actually ended up playing them, there was a lot of things wrong with some of the games. Probably. I never actually owned a PS yeah. Mini, but I just I, I remember hearing a lot of like negative feedback yeah, but, uh, like to 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 add to that though um later we, i can bring it up like when we, we are going to talk about it later but like an open standard uh, for um uh, uh, for, uh, for emulation <laughs> this needs to be <laughs> here nah the playstation mini suffered from being crap says resident sd oh dear yeah <laughs> and resident yeah. sd wins comment of the of the evening yay Congrats. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, I think we're, we're uh, running a little bit late. So let's just talk about one little thing. Uh, we all know that Sega is coming to Gamescom. So maybe we can discuss that in a future show. Uh, because Gamescom, Gamescom is just like a, a month away still. So we can yeah. maybe talk about that a little bit uh, at another time. But very briefly, very briefly... James, um, this is just, whoops, nope, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no James, doom, doom, yes, this is a perfect <laughs> intro yeah. to the James, the skill gym lounge. <laughs> Forklift Racer, uh, yeah. Forklift Racer you want me to talk is, about this a little bit? is, um, I was, like it says, why is this in Portuguese? I don't know. Uh, everything was in English before, but uh, it's, Available on Steam, early access by Team mm -hmm. Wulinchu. Uh, would you like to tell <laughs> us a little bit about this? What this is? Right. Yeah. So this is the same. So Team Wulinchu basically they're working on the Dragon of Phoenix collection, which is potentially a Shemu remake in the making, uh, unofficial one, of course. But Forklift Racer is something that they've kind of like has done as a little bit of a side project coming from some of the stuff that they're working on in the, in the, the Dragon of Phoenix collection. So obviously they're going to remake the forklift aspect of Shenmue in that game. So I'm assuming like this is kind of the early workings of that, but they've just turned it into a bit of an online multiplayer based racing game, which is really cool. Um, you can see the footage here on screen. Um, basically you connect two friends online and race them um, in a so forklift. This, <laughs> this, this, this current track is obviously the one that's in Shenmue, just, which is just cool. Looking it's at like the a, track, a recreation. Man. Ah, amazing. So cool, yeah. <laughs> so, cool. so the early access version, it's still in development, so it's not perfect by any means, but there's mm -hmm. uh, a few tracks there to 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 get started with. There's like a that track that you've just seen, the, the one that we all know and love. Then there's like an indoor warehouse one that's quite cool, like a little short mini track. And then there's mirror mirrored versions of each as well. Um, the soundtrack's fantastic, by the way, if, if you haven't heard the soundtrack yet. It's very Sega arcade mm -hmm. sounding, really cool. Um, yeah, it's just going to be an on ongoing project and basically early access, it's free. You just go on Steam, just type in Forklift Racer, download it, um, try it out with your friends and just leave some feedback for the developers. I think that's what they're looking for, really. They're trying to gauge like uh, where any bugs are, uh, what they can improve, whilst they continue to work on the game and, you know, add more tracks and uh, more features and stuff to it. But it, it works fairly decently at the moment. Um, it's it's only going to get better, like I say. Mm -hmm. So don't go in with, like, crazy expectations. Yeah. Um, but it is a fun little game just to pass a couple of hours um, with your friends. Definitely yeah. recommended. 
definitely. Yeah. Give it a go. I I'm a bit disappointed because it was supposed to support the the Steam Deck, and all oh, right, it, and it doesn't. It crashed. So oh. I, I I tried to boot it up on the Steam Deck, but I'll have to yeah. let them know. I've got. Um, it works with controllers. If you plug your controller in, you know you can play it. All the buttons are the like okay. Shenmue forklift. Reasonably with the forklift, and uh, these power ups around the around the track. Yes, uh, ones that give you boost, one that like slow you down, and there's also one that <laughs> you can blame me for coming up with. But I said like I, it'd be pretty cool if there was like bombs on the track. So as you drive over it, you don't realise that it's a bomb. It looks looks like a regular power up, and then you go uh, flying. How dare you! Like it's so. can can you sabotage <laughs> each other by lifting each other up? Um, I'm, I'm guessing you can. I mean, I've never got close to someone <laughs> enough to try it, but if you read, according to Matt there in the chat, you can. Yes, apparently. Yeah. There's definitely can. more physics with the with the forklifts yeah. than Shenmue. Like Shenmue is like you you're stuck to the gra- the ground, aren't you? You can never fall over. If you bump into a wall, you sort of bounce back. But in this, it's mm. like it's got all the physics, mm-hmm. uh, trying to recreate an actual forklift simulator. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, like it, it, it looks like a, uh, or it sounds like a good idea and it looks interesting, at least. Looks fun, yeah. Yeah, so if you're Welcome, a Shenmue fan... Welcome, by the fan, way, Sorry. the chat. Yeah, hello, hello, Matt. Yes, yeah, so Shenmue Dojo. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining us. So that's uh, the best segue possible, since we have Matt on the, the chat for our next topic. So uh, our main topic, actually. So we were supposed to be brief, guys. What happened? Did we talk a lot? I don't know. Oh, I'm quite, sorry. That's, that's unheard of. <laughs> it's quite enjoyable, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, thank you. I, Talking I, I, on I really a podcast? Who would have? Oh, gosh. <laughs> what an idea. What am I thinking? What an idea. Our main topic, guys, uh, and it says so on the like the title of the, the the episode: preservation of Sega games. So, what's the context for this? You can actually um, go to what I oh, I thought I played something. No, didn't play any sound. So, uh, if you're on Twitch, you can you can see the 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 study that the Video Game History Foundation published on the game availability or the availability of games, right? So the, the game availability study explained, they say. So they explain here why they did this study and how they went into this. This is an interesting read. We're not going to talk about everything here. Uh, you can, you know, do that uh, on your own time and, and just look at what the the factors were, like the, um, the way they approached this and how they did the research and everything but the the main thing here is the main takeaway is that like around 90 percent or something of games released before 2010 are not available um you know in current systems available commercially available easily readily anymore which is a bummer, especially if we're looking from or looking at it from a, a preservation of games, a video games point of view. Um, mm. 
And so what I want to talk about to you guys about is, are there any solutions? Is this a big problem or not? Uh, what do you guys think? Thinking of this and looking at this from a, a Sega point of view as well, uh, how affected are we as Sega fans by this problem? And what can we do or what can anyone do about this? Uh, but um, first of all, why does this happen to games and not other forms of media? <laughs> right? So you have, mm -hmm. they've found ways of preserving music, even with complicated rights, they end up on streaming services um, or physically yeah. released somewhere, re-released. Uh, movies, the same thing, films. Yeah. Why not video games? I think the issue we've got is those type of media are all standardized, aren't they? You know, books printed on paper, CDs, you know, discs, you know, music technically. It's, it's, it's all in formats like an mp3 file or something whereas video games they're all over the shop aren't they? you've got consoles that need to play specific things um you know games only work on those specific consoles and and the availability of everything is much more trickier you know like you say music very easy to find anyone's music in a sense because it's just widely available like that and i know that's something that has been um, preserved in a sense, someone's gone out of the way to collect all this music and put it on Spotify. So it is readily available for everyone to listen to. And we kind of need that to happen for video games, someone to collect all of the video games somehow <laughs> and make it widely available to everyone, which is probably like what we were discussing before, like, like Lime's suggestion where you've got this big system where you can pick and choose any game that you want to and pay for it you know why does it need to be stuck on a desk why does it need to be stuck on a service on a console from 50 years ago you know why could they not just have had the hindsight to create a game that you can go to a shop and buy and then a version that's going to be saved and archived for a collection for the future um i mean maybe Time is a factor these days. It's hard to go back in time now. They've already said that there's a lot of games that have literally just been lost to the sands of time at this point. Yeah. And it's been the community who has been going out of the way to collectively collect um, video games and, and you know preserve them. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As, as, as bad as it is, in a sense, to emulate and illegally download these, these games and stuff, without that, you wouldn't be able to play anything right now of that 90% that you mentioned there, Casey. Yeah. So the fact that the, there is such a huge percentage, and it's a fascinating study. I'd, I would recommend re everyone go out there and read it and just sort of understand the situation because I knew it was bad, but really when you hear it in numbers like that, you don't realise it's actually it is that bad. And then you start thinking back to your, your like my, my childhood, all of the Mega Drive games, I only, or I'm only able to play them because I've got them, if you know what I mean. Yes. If I haven't got them, I'd have to go on eBay and fork out money. Mm. Panzer Dragoon Saga, you know, I was lucky enough to pay a fraction of the price for that that it is these days. You know, people that want to play Panzer Dragoon Saga now have literally have got no way of playing it, which is is crazy, really, for such a, a fantastic 10 out of 10 masterpiece <laughs> that, you know, and, and these yeah. games are just going to get more and more like I that. Mean, You're going to get people... Legally, at least, right? Legally. Yeah, 
is. And so. that, that's, that's, and, that's and the thing. Even, that is even the caveat. Even if you want to do it, you want to do it legally, you can still mm. do what you just said. But yeah. no one from the original team of developers or the publisher, no one is getting anything from that, any money out of it. Only scalpers exactly. are getting money out of it, right? Uh, which uh, kind of defeats the point of, uh, you know, putting up, uh, like, you know, making emulation illegal or, or criticizing people because they don't, if they don't have any other way to play the games, they yeah. resort to piracy. Um, no one's making any money out of the games now. So if if the developers aren't willing or able to re-release them, mm -hmm. maybe that's the only way, right? I don't know. Yeah. Um, Indeed. And it's, and it's been, kind, of, kind of, sh yeah. of a shame that, as you were saying, if you bought these games before, you probably bought them at a reasonable price. But now, yeah, nowadays you can't uh, see. And then that, theory sh that should be illegal. <laughs> in theory, every video game ever made is potentially in this category. You know, even though these these thirteen percent that is available readily available now, at some point it's not going to be. So every game is under threat in a sense. All these games I've got on my shelf here, these PS4 games, they're preserved in a sense, but only for me. <laughs> so you know, the, the, these are my games. If I can't just hand this over to Lime as easy as, you know, obviously I could go around a friend's house and hand a friend, but anyone that wants to play this game who lives across the other side of the globe, unless they pay, you know, 500 quid for Panzer Dragon Saga or whatever off me, <laughs> they're not going to get my copy of Panzer Dragon Saga. So. Yeah. Um, mm. well, well, I'll hand it over to you, Lime, in a second. Just wanted to mention something very, very briefly, because sometimes we don't really understand the, the dimension of this problem. Um, so it, it's one one of the examples they they give here is the original version of Yakuza, right? Yeah. Which uh, it was released in 2005. Then we have the remake available, for example, uh, for now on, on PS5, whatever the PS5 uh, Game Pass equivalent is called now. Uh, we have it on Game Pass as well. It's available to buy digitally on on steam as well but that's yakuza kiwami that's the remake the remastered version and remade version it is extremely faithful but it's a remake it's a new game so the original yakuza is no longer in print it's mm. not that old it's from 2005 and it's a game that many people now would probably like to play because there are so many new yakuza fans out there and so they're not able to get it to play it legally on current gen systems anymore so it's it's very close to home i think this problem it's kind of like they've they've sort of rewrote history <laughs> kind of like this is yakuza now yeah this is the first yakuza yeah exactly lime you wanted to say something yeah I mean, we, we were talking about like it doesn't happen to the film industry, music industry. I do, I do agree that at least my, my experience is that it's less, uh, but I do still feel like it is there. I, I, I can't tell you how many times 
uh, that I've wanted to watch a movie or a series that on a streaming service that is out, but just not in my country. And so I try, I want to give them my money. They are not accepting my money. And so I, I, I try to like do, do, do things to pretend that I'm in a country that it is available. And so I'm trying to bypass these things so that I can give them my money. They still find ways to refuse that. I want to give you the money. Why aren't you accepting my money Why aren't for you it? Like my VPN. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure <laughs> there are reasons for that, but as a consumer, it's not understandable. Why aren't you accepting this? What you are doing is then pushing me um, uh, to, like, or, or at least you are motivating me to find uh, other ways to get this what I want. And so I, it's, it's in the interest of the companies as well to make these, these games uh, available. Uh, otherwise, you are going to motivate people into what you don't want. And you are like companies need to uh, realize this. They are a part, part of pushing people into things that they don't want. And I'm talking about piracy. They, they are pushing people to that because it is the only way. Like even this um, um, uh, study uh, also brings up that for some people, piracy is the only option. So like, how dare the companies complain about a problem that they are a part of cultivating? That's something that uh, annoys me. You are pushing them in that direction by by taking away games, refusing to have it uh, available for, for, for people. Uh, you are not even selling the game and then they go around like, oh, hey, oh, no. We are losing money because you are pirating. You're not even selling the game. You're not losing any money here. Yeah. Well, yeah. when it comes that, to the, when it comes to those, what you are losing is the money that you would get. Like after you've pushed them into piracy, they would go like, "Oh, hey, this game I could buy, but now I'm already in the system. I might as well pirate it, even if that game is uh, available." You are losing money because you aren't making these games available. So stop making it about what it's not about. Like make it a, a, a available so that people can buy the game. I, I like yeah, the, the expression, I'm, you're already in the system. <laughs> I'm already in the system. That's so what it is. Like, you, like once you're in there, like why, like why would you, uh, why would you leave? And it's like, if I, I have it is it is very difficult to motivate yourself yes. morally yeah. to not go into to, to, to piracy if your option is second hand because if your option is second hand the company's not going to get your money anyway so yeah, you're yes. not in any like moral obligation to do that instead mm -hmm. you might as well go the easy way and just get it so make your games available and be a part of not cultivating what you um, 
are speaking so so badly about piracy. I'm talking to the yes. companies now. Yes. Um, I, I it annoys me. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, it's not that easy uh, from a from a, a consumer or gamer point of view. It should be easy, right, to make these games yeah. available again. I'm talking about it from from, from a consumer obviously, point of view, definitely. Yeah, we we can. I, I think we can all agree that it's there are probably legal issues involved, like licensing involved, that sometimes for, for at least for some games make it hard for, for so companies annoying. to, right? But that's not the case for all of them. That it, that can be an excuse for all games not being re-released or being made available, right? Um, That said, what do you guys think should be or could be the solution here? Um, So we've talked about making them available. I I thought about a a platform that I've talked about in the past, uh, which is now called jam.gg. This is unfortunately closing next week. Like a week from uh, now or something, <laughs> but uh, I, I just got an email today about this. But they this was an interesting project. So this uh, was a platform that allowed you, and still does for a week at least, to bring your own ROMs and play them okay. multiplayer with your friends uh, from from using just a web browser. You have an account. You bring your own ROMs. Uh, there are uh, games that are built into this as well but you can bring your own ROMs uh, for, I think, most systems to like PS1 or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. You can like have a video chat. You can play multiplayer. Um, so it's it's a, a, an example. I don't know how they could get away with this. They're closing, but they're not, they're not, the company is not closing. They're doing this in a different way. I think they're, working closely with companies and doing this like more of a social gaming experience from now on. I don't know if they got a, a like a letter from Nintendo saying, look, guys. Shut down. Yeah. Shut that down. <laughs> okay. But yeah. I, I, legally, I think, or in technically, they don't provide ROMs. Mm. They just have a you platform that actually is capable of reproducing and playing these games but should this be the way to go something like this but like official from in, yeah. in our case I, 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 I think that's a good idea that format but what you need is every company that's ever produced a game all to band together and allow their games to be on one service so there is that idea and I think it's in the study where they compare um, like your books and your CDs and your, your films and stuff that they're readily available in libraries. So obviously the way the world works somehow, we've put a library virtually in every city and they're full of books, CDs, DVDs. It's just like this, as, as far as I'm aware, it's a worldwide thing. It's just happened. I don't know when it happened overnight, but these libraries just appeared with full of books. You can go in, you can take a book home, you can read it, you can return it. And to have that kind of a scenario for video games, like I've mentioned before, is difficult in the current state because you've got the consoles, so you can't go to a library, take out an Apple Pippin or whatever it's called, and play a game because chances are you're not going to have one in Stoke-on-Trent. You're not going to have an Apple Pippin in a, a, another city. You know, There's probably only about five to go around the whole world. 
<laughs> still available. So it needs to be a universal sort of format. You need all the games to be able to be played in the same style. You know, like I say, universally, you can't have them console-based because consoles are going to break. Things are going to go Definitely. wrong with the Sega Saturn. Things are already going wrong with Sega Saturns. Yeah. Um, the games, like Jamie mentioned in the chat, mm-hmm. prone to disc rot, you know, especially those old ones now. Uh, I'm not sure about Blu-rays. I feel like they've got like an extra layer of protection, but like but, your but old still, CD-based games, still. Do they, eventually they're going to die. So it needs to be, especially with PCs and you know online, it needs to have, they need to be files hosted online mm-hmm. and then we can all save them. Do you know what I mean? You know, it's the, they're not going to get yeah. lost like ROMs. ROMs are on multiple servers, I'm sure. You know, there's no chance of them getting lost unless the whole internet just suddenly turns off overnight. Um, Indeed. So it needs that's to be done kind would, of yeah. format. The only kind of, you know, joint effort that's being made to preserve video games at this point, which is sad. Yeah. The, and if, if you've got pirates, a library idea, the pirates but are online, the ones working to preserve the games. Exactly. Uh, and yeah. and to be honest, libraries, if they were to take on board some of these games, I'm sure they'd have to take in these pirated ROMs because there's no other means of getting those games anymore. Like the source code for Panzer Dragoon is lost, apparently. I mean, even though I don't know if you guys saw that GDC a few years ago, he said that it may have been found or something he was teasing. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. the word on the street is the source code for Panzer Dragoon Saga has been lost. So if an official means of that game being playable isn't going to happen. So it needs to be from someone's hacked ROM file or whatever in an emulator format, and then you can play it on jam.com. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine Sega going to to, uh, one of these ROM sites... Downloading Pencil Dragon Saga <laughs> so they can re release it on, on Switch or something. Just put it on the Saturn Mini. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I am, I, I, I like if the article brings that up as, uh, as well, like using libraries. Uh, and I, I would add what um, Skill Gym just add, added as well. Like make people also um, like not not just as it is m- m- much online now you don't really own the co- the, the copy that you have kind of um because they could like the store could be online store could be shut down um some people might, might not have like a the the the, the internet speed needed like there, there there are issues with having like a digital only only version but if you if you can at least um, get the file so that you could um, save the file yourself, that's pre- preservation because th- then you're not um, dependent anymore on that online thing being online like servers might shut down or, or whatever. So I would definitely also go with the um, library solution where you can download the file, so that you can save the file for yourself so that you have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not going, then it's really not going anywhere. That's kind of what I do. Like, that's kind of what I think needs to happen. Like, either if if it's distributed digitally or physically, like if you have a way to save it yourself, then then I, I would definitely say it's preserved because then you're not dependent on 
Yeah. Um, thinking about the, that, that kind of a style. Physical breaking down or yeah, whatever. Yeah. So thinking of that style then where you could just go on libraryvideogames.com, click a, you know, Shenmue's there, two ninety nine for example. You own that game what? now from the library. It's just Ten that. at least. Okay. It, it, what are you saying? Where is this that, page? Can I get it? 25, 25 at least. But, but kind of like of what Steam, time. if you think of how Steam is, you know, you've got games there, um, but maybe, you know, that's like an ongoing thing, whereas this is like a library. So they're never leaving. Once a game's there, it's there. It's that price. So that's why I said yeah. 2 dollars because it's, you know, it doesn't need to be on sale. They don't need to advertise it. It's there. So they don't have to worry about in the future them remaking a game or remastering a game because the game's there. And yeah. unless they want to do a newer version of it to modernize it for some specific reason, you know, like a, a Shenmue remake, then okay, that, that's great. But the, the problem we've got at the moment is with the current services, once Steam shuts down or PlayStation moves on to the PS6 and the library games doesn't follow with it, Mm-hmm. Shenmue stuck on PS4 and then once it gets to a certain age like we're seeing with like the Nintendo eShop that went they shut whatever that did down the other week or whatever mm-hmm. all of the games that were available suddenly unavailable yeah PT you can't get anymore so there needs to be a system where if a game has been released it's there for life and 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 I understand like the, the, yep, the licensing exactly. thing the licensing it, it thing carries a load of issues, but I, I, I can't get it in my head, really, why it should cause so many issues licensing. So say like the OutRun arcade game that was on the 360, amazing, we all want it, you can't get it anymore. It was up there for like three years or whatever it was, because the, the Ferrari license ran out. Like, I don't think they should strike deals with companies like that where it, they've only got it for a certain amount of time. Why exactly. not? Could, the, the, game, the game is the game now as it was then. It doesn't... If I... I've downloaded yep. Outrun. It's on my Xbox. If I power on my Xbox, I can play Outrun. No one else can because they didn't buy it, it, it at the time. Be, it shouldn't be a license for Outrun yeah. on the Xbox 360 or anything. It should be the game. It should be Outrun, right? Yeah. This game, whenever we decide to re-release this game, as long as it's mm-hmm. the same game, right? If yep. we remake the game or add content to it, exactly. okay, okay, yep. th- that's a fair point. You should strike a new license. But if it's the same game, where whatever the platform is, the license should be should work, right? Should be the same. The deal should stand. So yeah, that, that's, yeah, indeed. I that's something I that love that they you need are like... to think about going forward, I think. Yes, yeah, I'm sorry. I love that the that you are both going there and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go there and I'm gonna like try to argue <laughs> for it. For, for for this, but I didn't even need to. Like that's 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 definitely the case. Like they made an agreement with like whatever character or music that they want that they wanted uh, to put on a physical um, thing, like a cartridge, cart cartridge or a, or or a disc, and like that's gonna be there a long time. Like even mm-hmm. even even after your your deal has, um, well, what what was it called? Uh, stopped um so like it's still out uh, added out there you're not going to con- control that so like it's not about it's not about like the physical anymore like it it, it it shouldn't really be about the physical like it's it's you you made the license for that game so like what's the difference really between 
like you know, picking up that cartridge with with the game and playing it with that music or with that character or whatever and just like putting it online and keep selling it like it's i don't i i i don't really understand why that's an issue the the biggest takeaway that here is don't license things just do like do ferrera with your own ideas <laughs> like a ferrera car from now on in our ferrera a ferrera <laughs> yeah Right. So, uh, uh, another with a, with a point. Horse, uh, uh, like, uh, like doing like a hopscotch or something. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> bootleg, bootleg stuff. You know, when you go to a market and they've exactly, got like Gucci, like, but it's missing a C. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, uh, re related there. Like another point that I want to make there. Like, I mean, sure, you have entered to, into an agreement with with licensing. Okay, fine. You have done that. Like sometimes, I guess, like you might need to pull a the pull a game uh, for different uh, reasons. Like maybe something happened that just oh no, yeah, we can't have have this game here anymore. But like those are like really edge cases here. Um, people have been pulling like companies have been pulling games just because like oh yeah, this like are for arbitrary reasons. Like this isn't up to our standards anymore then i mean fine if you want to do that then you do that i can understand that uh companies also like for example consoles that have like a certain way of controlling the game um you want the consumers to experience that game in that way you want to experience like the quality and fine i i can under uh, uh i can kind of uh, under understand that uh, so like in order to make like the whole library thing work, like let's say that you still actually like if you have this library uh, with that the games can't leave, um, but the people are still like paying a little amount for it. Mm -hmm. um, there is one change that we can make to basically force or at least heavily motivate these companies to want to put their games on there. Like what, what if, cause we as consumers, we have um, had to get used to the idea that we don't really own the copies of, of our games for a while. What if the companies need to go through a similar process? Maybe you can't just pull a game for arbitrary reasons. It's out in the public now. And yeah, well, um, if you, you get a book from a library, you don't own the book, do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what if that's the case? Like, what if? Yeah, we know if if if, if you're not even selling a game anymore, then it's free and accessible for everyone. Like, yeah. you're you're not making any money anyway. Why you just sit on it and not have people? use it like there's no use there's no reason for that seemingly yeah. for consumers so once you stop selling a game or once um you stop like after um, a, a certain producing number the consoles, of years perhaps right sorry like maybe make it so it's like after a certain number of years like uh mm -hmm. if, if after like i don't know maybe five years you don't do anything with the game it's no longer yours to keep Perhaps yeah, it's yeah. It, it should be like made it's available. The public. Like yeah, I think there. I I I think there is at least when it comes to music, there is a similar law, but that is like seventy years, and then it's public domain. Yeah, uh, but like 
when it comes to games, like maybe like they can still still own their IP, they can still own the 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 game, but if you stop selling it, you don't like you don't really have the right to say that. Oh no, you can't have this anymore. But but so it's it's gonna have to be accessible for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so if we then have a library for that then you you either either have, have the choice like oh you just give it out give it out for free because they have we have this amendment now that if you're not selling it you, like you need to give it out to the to the public now because you don't um like you've released it so it, yeah it's it, it's out yeah um so like they, they either have the choice to do that or put it on a library where they still can get some kind of revenue from it yeah that's yeah. uh like makes sense i guess kind of out there but that's what i would kind of like to see like i don't like you're not selling the game like you you should you, come on stop just s- sitting stop on it greedy. like it's it, it should be like <laughs> free and accessible for, for 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 everyone alternatively put it here with the library so that we can preserve yeah. it and then if you do that can still get some revenue from it. So there's a motivation there. Don't know if it's the best solution, but my idea with the library, I like games with 299. If every game is just set at 299, just a standardized price, but whoever the company was behind that game, they get the you know the share. So if the company's incentive there, so say with Sega, for example, they've got a thousand games, just just for example, across all the platforms. If they released all a thousand to the library, each game two ninety nine, then all of that money that people are picking and choosing, and they're there for life. They're never going to leave the service because it's a library. All of that gets pulled into a pot, and you know they get consistent revenue from every single game that they've ever created. Then in existence, there's none of this like where you know they've stopped making money on a game. Um, you know they can still release, like you said, Casey. If it's a five year thing, they can release a brand new game, publicly Sonic Frontiers two, fifty quid, and then five years time. They're not selling the game. It's not available on the digital storefront anymore, but now it's available on the library storefront. So if you want five years with a game, you buy it there and then day one. If you don't, you can pick it up in the library. And then it just allows people to then experience all the different types of games that they want to go. They can delve all the way back to the ZX Spectrum where, you know, another platform where it's like, how do I play a ZX Spectrum game these days? You can't, can you? Um, You know, unless there are compilations or something like that. And that's another topic i suppose compilation discs and these like atari 40 or whatever exactly they're cool compilations um but if the companies have got together originally early on instead of having this console war if everyone was friendly <laughs> and combined all their efforts in this gaming platform and then provided you know here here you go library here's a, a copy of our game and we're releasing this in five years time you can pop that game up on the library platform if you want and you know that, that's absolutely fine with us. I, I think that should be mandatory in terms of preservation, right? It, it, whether yeah. they sell it or not or make it available for people to download or not. Because uh, I, I think one of the problems, and I asked why we lose so many games why, when we don't lose as many songs or films or books. I think games are still regarded as uh, like the... Uh, less than other forms of art or culture, right? Like mm. still mm. kids' toys, perhaps, 
maybe, yeah. right? Uh, and the so, general public, yeah. Yeah, it's not really something that matters as much. So we, we as gamers, as people who have been playing games for a long time and love the medium, we think of games as something more than, you know, the general public does. And so we uh, are concerned about, you know, 10, 20, 30 years from now, people not being able to play the games that we love today. But generally speaking, I don't think people care as much about games as we do. So obviously lawmakers don't either. And it, unless someone with power or influence, <clears throat> sorry, can somehow, uh, you know, bring this discussion to the, the general public and make people understand that it's important to think about games and preserve them. I think we'll, <laughs> we'll always have this problem uh, going forward. And obviously, if game companies don't somehow peacefully uh, make sort of some sort of universal deal that contributes to, to preserving games. I wanted to mention briefly Hayato3D's comment on, on the Discord chat. Uh, he says, I feel like video game preservation is super important, even more so nowadays. Nowadays. I'm doing what I can to get more involved in it myself to support it as the years go on. Digital archaeology. Yes. Can you imagine where things could be in 20 plus years from now as the games and systems continue to age and rot and the prices just keep going up and up? I think it's a yeah, really important indeed. effort to share it with future generations and for our own nostalgia, of course. And then they say, a digital video game library where you can rent games universally and send the rental money to the appropriate owners would be quite the thing. I have a question, though. As, as much as I think, I think a, a, a game library should be a thing, I have a problem with this. How would you play the games? Because you it need... It would have to be cloud-based, wouldn't it, these days? Okay. Right. You'd have to be able to play them on whatever system you own now, right? And that poses yeah, another problem. Either either your PC, I guess, or perhaps they could even strike a deal where they produce these library systems that you take home, I don't know, plug it into a TV. And, you know, at the end of the day, it probably would have to be a cloud-based system. Mm -hmm. Um and, and, and these days, because you, like I say, you're not going to be able to go to a physical library and pick up you know, a classic game because the chances of them actually owning that game and then the hardware, um, yeah, just of lots of hurdles and problems involved in that. Would have liked to be some sort of uh, server-based or cloud-based, yeah, right? And so like Matt it, says it, there, it's obviously the company running it, but if the company is the library i mean it's worked for those other medias where you know books and stuff that there's this there's an unwritten rule somehow if you release a, a, a share, book it a can go to the library the price of each game you rent goes to support the you know server costs and whatnot right and the mm -hmm. big the big share goes to the companies that develop the game or publish the game the right owners yeah. right but then that that's why i was putting a price on the games because i feel like there needs to be an incentive especially now to band together to make this a thing because a lot of companies are just, you know, cracking on, you know, they're only thinking about the future. It's like these people that are composing the study, they're actually thinking about what it will take to 
make people aware that there's 90% of the games that you can't play. So I think there needs to be some sort of an incentive somehow, but yeah, like Matt says, they are shutting down libraries. But I mean, the, the, yeah, the library like the isn't a business is, model, is it? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what I'm thinking we, we is we the problem as well. Like, just, just a way isn't... of sorry, sorry. Like, just yep. library is a way of like speaking, right? So, matter of speaking, we can we can call them libraries, but not be the actual libraries we use for books. Like yeah. some sort of physical space we can go mm-hmm. to or access online. Yeah, perhaps. Indeed. I think video games would have to be online. Sorry, Lime. I interrupted you I, again. I think that is the problem. Like, there's just no incentive. Like, that's what we always hear, right? You know, it's cost. Um, they talk about those those kind of things. Like the study, like talks about like what what would one solution like being like creating like an open standard for emulation. I have no idea uh, what that would mean, uh, but I'm still like grasping on to like that. Um, being some kind of idea here that they could create a standard for an emulation, maybe for a specific console, and then they would use that for an emulation. They can put that on the library on the library as well, along with the ROMs or or whatever, and then that you download it and you play it. Um, that's that's I I see no way how that would not be technically doable if they are in incentivized enough. For example, by adding a thing like if you stop selling a game, it's accessible and free to everyone. So mm-hmm. you need to find solutions here if you want to keep getting money for the game. Like you still own the IP, still own own the game. But there's the incentive, I I, I figure. Yeah, that, that's. I, I think we're we're asking for a lot, though, right? We're asking so, for a lot, uh, and one and one. You know, it's it's going to be a concerted effort. It has to be. I'm not saying with the yeah. the investment side of things, it is a big hurdle there because obviously the government are already in trouble. Aren't they? You know, certain countries have got their own financial debt, so they mm-hmm. they're probably not in their best interest to be chucking money towards a library that houses a selection of video games, you know, um, and like Matt was saying, like, libraries are, sh- are shutting down all the time, unfortunately, because they can't be maintained uh, financially. So that's going to be an issue. But then in this study, it even says how the video game industry is like a multi-billion dollar industry. You know, it's one of the biggest, you know, I don't know if it actually references that, but is it above every other type of media yeah. at the moment because it's you know it it's absolutely booming so there's there's money somewhere obviously these companies are keeping it to themselves but if there was a way to sort of like say you know 10% of all earnings for the next 10 years from everyone is put into a pot to create this library archive that's going to house all the games for the rest of eternity whatever you know and the the incentive there is that they're going to be readily available all the time and if you do add a little bit of monetary value to them like not like a library where you rent something for free you can have up to 10 items and then you've got to take them back in this scenario that i was saying was like a 299 thing for every game mm-hmm. that is the incentive for the companies then to do this because even though the the sharing some of the profits for the next 10 years or whatever to 
create this thing from then on out it is a financially viable thing then because every game that they produce potentially is going to add revenue on you know they they have to understand get what I'm that saying, it, they they get something in return for for this yeah. investment right yes. so and exactly. I, I think the only way this could work eventually is not to put this on the shoulders of governments and and countries but like create like a foundation or something like some sort of organization that is um equally owned by all these major publishers Mm -hmm. and or developers like companies they all contribute like a certain amount every year to keep the this thing going uh, and they all share in the whatever profits or returns there are from from people uh renting these games right so it had to be like we are all i think we're all in agreement it has to be like a concerted effort they all have to yep. bend together somehow, which is probably the hardest part of all of this <laughs> is for all of them to come together and agree that they should do something and and agree upon what that should be. Uh, yeah, the companies can uh, realize that instead of sitting on a game, not owning, rev uh, not earning revenue for it because you're not selling it, then maybe you could like have all of your history of games continuously giving you this like consistent revenue because it's all always there mm -hmm. the same time as you stop people from going and getting used to uh, pirating your games because that's what they are gonna do if you see the value in that which there is mm -hmm. then the problem is going to be solved. But I think the problem is just that they are just like, no, no, I'm going to sit, uh, sit, uh, sit on these games. Oh, can we play with them? No, you're not going to They're my games. They're my games. <laughs> like, come on, let, let us play with the games if you're not even selling them. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. not that difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, JP has mentioned something that we, uh, I think we all... When we spoke about this before the show, we, we, we mentioned this as well. So we, we're we not getting that solution, that like, you know, mythical uh, utopian solution that we, are, we were discussing anytime soon, hopefully one day. But for now, is this a potential workaround? So uh, Jamie mentioned uh, companies like Digital Eclipse who are... Uh, you know, releasing some of these games, um, also making documentary series about the history of these games. Uh, is this a potential workaround, a potential like temporary fix while we don't get a more permanent solution? What do you think? Um, Sorry, I, I missed the idea here. So, um, like, companies releasing c compilations of old games. So, Digital Eclipse specifically has mm -hmm. done this with, uh, like, instead of just releasing one game, if there's, for example, uh, the Ninja Turtles games, they mm -hmm. take all the games from, like, the Mega Drive games, the, the NES games, the Super NES games, they release it all, uh, all together as part of a compilation dedicated to that series. Uh, they did that with mm. Aladdin, with Lion King. Um, so could mm. this be uh, 
a temporary solution to this problem. If it's on PC, I would say, yeah, maybe. If it's locked to a specific console that's going to be obsolete, maybe not. It's going to be all, a problem. All games are going that way. Because then you're going to have to rebuy the games for the next console and then rebuy the yeah. games for the next console. That's not really fair, in my opinion. It's like a temporary solution, isn't it? Yeah. Like the, the Atari 40 collection, like I mentioned, is probably that type of idea. It, it com comprises games and documentary, like a mini documentary. It's, it's really cool if you haven't tried it out, by the way, Atari 40. It's probably the... the the game that does this sort of preservation the best mm -hmm. in terms of like this format because you've got all of the history of Atari alongside developers talking about the games and they've pieced it together in a timeline. It's it's really a, a great way of experiencing these classic games and it's not like something that's a hard sell like Pong. Do you know what I mean? If you show Pong to a group of teenage students these days, they it's all right, mate. It, you can you can keep your pong, but in this format, it's like okay, I, I can try it for two minutes, see what it was all about, get a bit of history on it. Okay, I kind of understand now. This was a technical masterpiece because of you know it was the very first video game ever produced, almost kind of thing. It was like this this is what started the video game chain that potentially led to me going home and playing on Fortnite or GTA Five. You know, it all began here, and it's kind of cool to see that history and. That is kind of the shame with this preservation aspect that there are going to be all of these games that are going to be missed by a lot of people. So you mentioned, say, the Cowabunga collection. It's a semi-popular -pop series. You know, it's a viable thing for them to do to comprise all of them. They know they're going to make the money back on it at least. Whereas these games that are stuck in the past that companies aren't willing to bring back or, you know, Pre preserve <laughs> whatever because there's no money in it for them and so the, mm -hmm. this little library solution pie in the sky idea is the incentive that they may be able to to to, to go back and look at the, the history and uh, bring back some of these classics that we we think are classics but you know the general public never heard of you know rocking yeah. out adventure or something like that it's like you know if you say that out loud in a college how many people are going to know what you're on about? So if if there was a way for them to, <laughs> to understand and, you know, yeah, yeah. even if they only play that's, the game for two that's minutes, another, it, it needs to be. That's another sorry, thing that like we've talked about um, the, 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 the pros of the um, you know, preservation. Uh, and you, you just made, you just like uh, touched on another one discovering series like yeah. discovering yeah, yeah. a whole new thing like that that may be like an ongoing series like like the sonic games maybe you find a game there oh what what's this a sonic the hedgehog the original well, i guess i'll try that oh this is awesome and now you've discovered that that game because of that and that make maybe makes you want to mm. continue and then like that's gonna it's you, like you're gonna create fans like with a Netflix that. and that's where also you watch a valuable show and it says you might like this <laughs> mm, yeah yeah something like so, so, so something like that so like they are it's like you get a continuous revenue you deter people from privacy and you risk creating new fans i think we've it's, touched upon something very important here which is um information, education, 
right? Yeah. We need to educate people. Sake education. Sake education is a specific one, but no gener generic game education is important so that people understand the, the, the importance of, of game preservation as well, right? So Jamie mentioned uh, the upcoming um, documentary about, uh, you know, okay. This, this game by, by Jordan Mechner, uh, Karateka, I think, how you pronounce it, perhaps. Public Skywalker. Uh, it looks like, but it's not. So this is a classic game that they are talking about. This is like the, if I'm not mistaken, like the precursor uh, to uh, Prince of Persia in games like that. So, okay. Um, this is this is an interesting idea, right? So, uh, and, and we've, we're familiar with documentaries about games like the Shenmue documentary that we we all or at least myself and James we love uh, about Shenmue that that documentary about Jets of Radio Future that we covered on this show uh, a few episodes ago so documentaries about games are an interesting way for people to get educated and if they know the games and the the, the history behind them why they were uh, culturally important uh, even important for the industry, groundbreaking in some cases. Mm -hmm. Maybe that'll, you know, motivate them to play, to want to play and try those games and look at them from a different perspective. Like not just, oh, this is an arcade game, very old, poor graphics. No, they'll understand the importance of the game and maybe they'll appreciate it a little bit more. So that's mm -hmm. probably part of the solution as well, to educate the public, the people, in terms of the importance, the cultural importance of games, specific games that are maybe more important than others and maybe that will motivate people to um, get behind this preservation movement as well. I don't know. What do you think on like an academic yeah. level, like taught in schools? Yeah, so... Yeah, so uh, Matt was saying, make yeah. gaming history compulsory. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, this should be like, uh, who cares about World War II? Just talk about Pong <laughs> and Sonic the Hedgehog. Call of Duty World War. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah. I don't know, maybe maybe not at a school level, but... Uh, yeah, like I don't know. when you get to pick and choose where you want your career to go. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I was thinking... When you have this library with games, why not bundle that together with a documentary about the game or the series, if there is one? Um, that would mm -hmm. be very interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Really cool. There should be more documentaries about games, like proper good ones, because sometimes mm. they're either too complex or very simplistic, I feel. Uh, there was a, a Netflix series which was interesting and done in a, an okay way, I think. I don't know if you guys high score, watched that, was it? yeah, high score, uh, mm. which was, I think, a good way of of doing something like it. this. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, but uh, many of them is like are like very simplistic. Don't cover yeah. the the important things that we as gamers value or very complex and very detailed and not um, interesting for the general public. So mm. to find you're going like to find a, a lot of your specific documentaries on, on YouTube really, aren't you? 
made by fans. Like you say, the Jet Set Radio documentary, that's where yeah. you're going to discover the ins and outs. That's probably, uh, they have to be done in an interesting way for the general public to appreciate it. Yeah. Feel like they're worth their time. So, yeah. I mean, technically, movies, they've, I've made documentaries on movies where, you know, the cast, the producers, the directors, you don't see enough of that in video games. You don't see like, you know, it, it takes a, a fan to create the Shemu documentary where you've got Set Yusuzuki down and he's talking about the game. It takes, there isn't just an open means where you get to delve deep into the behind the scenes of video games and hear from the actual directors and stuff. It's, you know, you might get like a, a printed article in a magazine or on, you know, Jewel Shockers mm. or something, but you don't actually see them like you do in the other forms of media. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, shout out to Sega Forever, by the way, who do interesting videos, but usually more focused on the fans at this, at least at this point. And maybe, you know, Danny, Danny Russell, if you're watching, Scott, if you're watching. Uh, why call not? him Daddy or Danny? <laughs> Sounds like Daddy. Danny, 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 Danny Russell. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Daddy, Daddy Russell. Uh, if, if you're watching, maybe focus on that, like sit down with, the people who made these games, you certainly have access to all these Japanese legends and most fans don't. So uh, making a, a Shenmue do documentary and asking fans to travel to Japan and sitting down with Yu Suzuki, that was like quite an, an achievement and an, an endeavor. So yeah. if you have easy access to these people, because mm -hmm. uh, many of these games were developed by Japanese companies and we don't certainly don't have a lot of information or easily uh, easy access to them either. So please use your influence and your access to get us more information on these games and to, for, for people to understand the importance of Sega games as well. Yeah. Okay. So... Um, I think we are very close to being done with our show. We said an hour and a half. It's a little bit over that, but it's okay. Uh-oh. Yeah, for two hours. I've, I've had a lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun. Yeah. So yeah, me too. for the, the, the last few minutes, I asked you guys to think about games, specific games that you would feel, that you feel right now that need to come back in some shape or form. So it doesn't matter if it's through that library pie in the sky idea, if it's through a re-release or a remaster. What are the your like ideal games that have been lost to time and that you would like to to see come back? Who wants to go? Well, I'm eager first, man. <laughs> still thinking. <laughs> Lime is I can still go first thinking. if you want, Lime. I don't know about I, I, uh, ideal, <laughs> but I've definitely like, uh, hmm. had, 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 because I 100% games and I'm starting to get to the games that I can't really get. So I've been recently feeling like the whole uh, need for preservation um, thing. Like I, 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 I I wanted to get to the, the DLC for Sonic 06, uh, for, for example. Okay. Um, and the only way that I would able to get to, to, to get that was I needed to borrow an Xbox 360 uh, because there, the store there, 
it's available and I could get the DLC from there as, as well. But it's on a console that is not in production. So, I mean, it's on the store, but you can't really get the console uh, officially. So that's, I would, I, I would count that as a game that is not in release. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I was so looking forward to that. Like, especially Sonic, like say, say what you will about Sonic 06, but it's such an important part of Sonic history. It really is. Uh, and I, I looked so much forward to having done that game, like including the um, DLC to, to really experience that history, to experience what everybody was uh, to, talking about. And um, like there was, um, I couldn't just get a console um, officially, I needed to borrow it or alternately find it secondhand. Um, now I'm gonna try to get a Wii or a Wii U to get to Sonic and the Secret Rings, Sonic and the Black Knight, both discontinued as far as I know last time I checked. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Wii PS2 version of um, Sonic Unleashed as well. Okay. I, um, I I I need and want to get back to those those games. They are they are they are not necessarily the best games in in not uh, even in my opinion. But as a hundred percenter, first of all, I do want to get to them, and I don't know. I kind of enjoyed them when I played them. I haven't played uh, Sonic and the Black Knight, but Sonic and the Secret Rings, um, for example. I did enjoy that one. I thought that the storytelling was very good as well. Um, so I, yeah, I, I, I would, would, would definitely look yeah. forward to uh, to getting back to that. And like, so I, it's not necessarily. Oh, this is. I I uh, would love for this. I, I I long for this game, but you know, it's just like I want it and I need it for my mission. Okay, I need it for reasons. So. I I have to say, uh, I started appreciating Sonic 06 much more after starting to to watch your your gameplay of it. Oh, oh, that's awesome. Seriously. That's heartwarming. I I can't think of Sonic 06 now without thinking about you and the way (laughs) in your streams. Because I I used to, I I, I don't say I, I hate Sonic 06. But I've never, I was never able to complete it because I get, I got annoyed with glitches, mm. with the loading times. I've tried like, I think three or four different times in different years, like subsequent years uh, or consecutive years. Um, and I always... Wouldn't take that long to load. <laughs> almost. I always gave up at some point. Mm. I, I started from the beginning and I always give up at some point. I think the last one, the last time I tried was the one that I, you know, uh, I went farther, but I gave up at some point. But now I think about you playing the game and your songs and your energy. So that's, that makes me appreciate the game a little bit more. So <laughs> I thank that's you really for that. I thank you for that. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. What about you, James? What game or games would you like to, to see come back? somehow mm-hmm. yeah i mean there's loads of obvious sega titles 
Panzer Dragon Saga, mm-hmm. as I said. Jet Set Radio Future is, you know, a big one. Skies of Arcadia, KC, saying that just the other day on one of your shows, you know, it's one of the big titles that everyone's craving for, again, because it's been so long. And then you've got these games that shut down after Burner Climax. I wish I could just pull it off my shelf, but I can't. Um, Outrun Arcade, uh, even the, the Outrun games on the original Xbox. You know, I know that the, the online arcade game was essentially the same thing, but just you've got no access to this stuff anymore. Simpler. The, the, yeah, the Sonic Advance trilogy, um, like I mentioned, Rocket Knight Adventures. Uh, there's a lot of like Mega Drive games sort of trapped. I know we, we got the Mega Drive minis, but we didn't see them on there. Like, I love Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. I don't know how viable that is to bring back, but it's a, <laughs> a great game. Um, Choo Choo Rocket, we had that remake, uh, not remake, but that sequel on mobile, and now that's gone. So it's like these these the, these games that they've even brought back that have gone, that have been lost. Um, Fancy Star Online as well, the, the original one. The original Xbox is literally a coaster now, unless you hack into your console and you know do something mm-hmm. to connect mm-hmm. to someone's private server. Um, because they created that game where it needed an online connection to actually start, which is you know mental. <laughs> Considering the game is on the disc, it's just and that's you can't another get past problem the, with the title screen. You know, that that's yeah. a, another problem that yeah, you know I'm sure we could have gone covered at some point. But yeah, and the final thing I will mention is, in general, arcade games, they are potentially the hardest to preserve. Right, so these games like on games, for example, that are in 2022, you have to get some specialist fan-made gun. Forget what it's called. This begins with an S, but there's no viable way of playing light gun games anymore. A little bit in VR. That's why I'm quite a big advocate for PSVR and that sort of stuff because I do really, really love light gun games, but the a slow dying genre of video games. You know, you've even got the House of the Dead remake mm-hmm. that. You can only play with a con- uh, controller, so you know where, where's the fun in that. <laughs> but Virtua Cop Three was an amazing game in the arcade. You don't see it anywhere anymore. You know these bowling alleys and stuff, unless they've got a knackered up old Virtua Cop Three arcade stand or whatever. You literally cannot play that game anymore. Again, apart from emulation. Um, so I don't know how games preservation would go about doing those type of games, those like physical, they require hand controls, like the skiing game, you know, when you go to the arcade or uh, the snowboard game or something like that. Or, uh, that That is a topic in itself, I suppose. Yeah. But yeah, those are my Sega picks. Anyway, Panzer Dragon Saga, Jets at Radio Future and Skies of Arcadia. Okay. Okay. Great ones. I, th- I think we need, we needed a lot of, <laughs> work in terms of preserving arcade games we haven't really touched the, on them but we're mostly thinking about consoles but arcade is a whole other beast a whole yeah. other subject to, to cover on an, another show uh, by the way a shout out to hayato 3d who has to go but thank you very much for for listening to the show on radio say bye 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 uh as for my picks i you you guys mentioned most of them if not all uh i think Jets of Radio Future is probably the, the big one at the top of my list. Um, I, I experienced it through 
emulation. Uh, <gasps> but I think it really should. I, it makes no sense to me that this game is not available in current gen systems on PC somewhere. Makes no sense at all. And Sega keep re-releasing or have done it a few times. Uh, the the original game keep promoting like merchandising of of the the original game and stuff. We don't see any mention of JSRF. Sure I why. find it's those those original Xbox titles. It's like something I think with them. You don't see any of them. Like Panzer Dragon Auto. Yeah. Um, you know, is this a, a Togi? Was it? These games Orca that just is available not. digitally, though, isn't it? At least if you own it digitally, I think so. Because I bought it. What was that one? Sorry, uh, Orta. I think I. I still. I think right. I can still play Orta on my Xbox One. Yeah, like a backwards compatibility thing. Because yeah. I, I have it digitally. I bought it on the 360 days. I think. Not sure if it's still available. Uh, Resident SD says that the soundtrack <laughs> is an issue with GSRF. I don't know. Doesn't really make much sense. Maybe it'll be like the Beastie Boys track. one. Could it be funky? Uh, not funky dealer. There is a, like a, there's a Beastie Boys song. Yeah, I don't think it's specifically. I don't. I don't, I don't see them. I don't know if they're they have any problems with licensing that. Maybe not, but then it's like the Offspring in it in a sense with Crazy Taxi. It's again, it's a crazy yeah. thing. The game's there. It's you know I can boot it up on my Dreamcast. It, it makes no sense that yeah. I can't play Crazy Taxi and, you know, you've got to have some random <laughs> punk, punk song music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just a really future for sure my, at the top of my list. I would say as well, um, specifically Mega Drive, I think I would love to, you know, they're, they're small games, short games, but I would love uh, Sparkster, which is the sequel to Rocket Dice Adventures uh, and uh, World of Illusion which is a very short game by awesome game. by current standards, but one that I love very much, very nostalgic for. Although that doesn't count because it's on the Mega Drive Mini 2, isn't it? I think. Thank so. you. Is, mm. is Sparkster on there too? I don't think so. I don't think but Sparkster I think World of Illusion is. is. Maybe World of Illusion. I'll have to double check. I think it is. I feel like it may have been Castle of Illusion, right? Castle of Illusion was in the first one. I don't know. I'm not sure at this point. I don't know. I'm a, a terrible Sega fan. Uh, so <laughs> but I, I don't remember. But yeah, maybe maybe it is. If it is... Going to Jamie, yeah. World and Castle is on the first, apparently. Okay, okay. So, yeah. And Sparkster is on none of the minis. So forget World Evolution. Go play it on the Mega Drive Mini uh, and bring but back But even the Sparkster. minis you can't really buy anymore, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole another problem, right? Yeah. So it, all of these temporary fixes are just temporary because of that. You, at some yeah. point, the systems become unavailable. You can't play games on current gen systems. So mm -hmm. something needs to be done on a like a more a deeper level, right? Indeed, indeed. Yeah, the system needs Lots to be rethought. So as Resident SD says. Basically, we're all screwed. And on that <laughs> positive note... <laughs> oh, actually, no. Let me mention, uh, Jamie uh, mentioned Nightshade, a.k.a. Kunoichi mm. for the PS2. PS2. 
Yes. So um, that's a, a, a sequel to the Shinobi game, and that's, that should be brought back as well. Yes. So that's a good shout. Thank you, Jamie. So James and Lime, anything you would like to add to this discussion before we go? Uh, no. Get by your games, well. keep them on your shelf for all eternity. And back hope, back know, them right. up. Although that's... Let us play the games. Oh my God. Okay, okay, Lime. Okay, <laughs> I will, I will. You've got to hear what he sounds like to me. Not you, the like, companies. Stop. <laughs> an echoey, like a, you know, God. I a, ma- a mob of limes. Who play your games. <laughs> yeah, so guys, thank you very much for, for joining me for this special live episode of The Second For people listening in, uh, or watching right now or listening into the podcast version. Um, hope you enjoyed this. Hope you enjoyed this discussion. Let us know your thoughts at the Sega Lounge on Twitter. Let us know if you have any other picks, if you have any other potential solutions. This is a topic that we could, you know, keep talking about for for ages. Ha! See what I did there? Ages? Okay. No, never mind. Um, but, uh, but I, you It's going to take ages for me to get that joke. Ha. <laughs> ha. Okay. Um, that said, where can people find you, Lime Reversed? Lime Reversed on uh, Twitch and on um, Twitter. There we go. Simple and there effective. Go, nice and simple. Yeah. What about you, Skill Jim? Skill Jim at Skill Jim Twitter, um, ShamuDojo.com for everything else. Uh, yeah, if you've if you like Shamu. You've enjoyed listening to my voice. We also do a show called The Shemmy Dodo Show that you can download and listen to me and Matt. Uh, so yeah, that's it. Excellent. Much. And every other week on the Sega Launch as well. Um, of course, and Terra Player. <laughs> oh, and Terra Player. Yeah. Of course, Terra Player. <laughs> TerraPlayer.com. Mm. Hashtag ad. Casey, you are being corrected and chat. Yes, it's, it's Twitch affiliate Lime reversed to you, Casey. I apologize, (laughs) Mr. Twitch affiliate Lime Reversed. Yes. Okay. So, guys, thank you very much for watching, for listening. The Sega Lounge will return next week. I'm recording a a new interview tomorrow, actually. Um, In, in, you know, in the wee hours of the morning. Uh, So, you know, hope you, you come back next week for more. We will return to this format. If you guys enjoyed it, let me know, by the way, if you guys enjoyed watching slash listening to this format of show. If so, maybe we'll do this again soon, right? I think it was fun. It was really yeah, fun to, okay. to be able to see you guys and interact with you guys. Yeah, yeah, I love the addition of being able to, to see you as well. Yeah. Uh, and it's always fun discussions, interesting discussions uh, as well. And... You know, I hope that I was able to get my points across pretty clearly, at least. I think so. Let us play games. <laughs> pretty clear. Pretty clear. Very clear, yeah, very I nice. hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and of course, check out thesegalounge.com for previous episodes. Check out our socials at the Sega Lounge. We're always around. Not as much as I wanted because I'm, I'm really bad at social media, but, you know... I, I, I try, I try. At least we, we do the podcasts and we have fun. So take care, enjoy the rest of the week 
yeah, have a great weekend. Thank you guys for watching on Twitch. Thank you guys for watching on uh, Radio, uh, for listening on Radio Sega and for everyone downloading the podcast. My deepest thanks. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye. The Sega Lounge, hosted by me, KC, and part of Radio Sega's network of live shows and podcasts. Theme song and incidental music by OSC. Find them at opusscienscollective.bandcamp.com. Got any suggestions? Drop me an email to podcast at thesegalounge.com. Find us at The Sega Lounge on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find previous episodes of the show by going to thesegalounge.com and wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. A Mixed On Productions podcast.